To Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Huntington's disease is sometimes referred to as Huntington's chorea. It's an inherited disorder that results in the death of brain cells. The earliest symptoms are often subtle problems with mood or mental abilities. A general lack of coordination and an unsteady gait often follow. And as the disease advances, uncoordinated jerky body movements become more apparent. Physical abilities gradually worsen until coordinated movement becomes difficult and the person is unable to talk. Mental abilities generally decline into dementia. Death typically occurs 15 to 20 years from when the disease was first detected. Joining us today to talk about Huntington's disease is Cindy Moore of Ontario, Canada, whose ex-husband died of Huntington's and her two daughters have it. Cindy, thanks for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Can you give us some background on how Huntington's came into your life? First, uh, of course, my my daughter has it right now, but she has the juvenile form. But before that, her father had the disease. We didn't know. We separated. We didn't know he had the disease at the time, but he... He became um, very quiet, um, didn't speak much, um, wasn't going to work, just wanted to stay at home. Um, So anyway, we we ended up separating, but it was after we separated that um, his mother actually passed away from the disease. So that's how we found out that it was in the family. And um, after that, then uh, he started to get very sick got worse and worse and ended up in a long-term care facility and he ended up passing away at the age of 53. So it was um, very fast. Um, most people with Huntington's, it's different for everyone, but they can, you know, they, it depends. It's a CAG count when you're diagnosed. So depending on your CAG count, how high that CAG count, which is the number of repeats, of the disease, the faster you will progress. So, um, and actually getting diagnosed isn't that easy either. It's genetic testing and you have to go through counseling and, and a whole bunch of different things. So his mom passed probably, uh, in her late seventies and then, uh, she had five children. And if you have a, a parent that has the disease, your children have a 50% chance of inheriting it. So in his family, there was five kids and four children were diagnosed with the disease. And by this time, of course, they had children and so on and so forth. There was grandchildren and, you know, some have been tested, some haven't. Um, Aaron's dad had it. So after he passed, my children wanted to get tested they weren't of age yet. They weren't 18. So I knew 
what that this could do if they were diagnosed. So I made them hold off until they were 18 and then they were adamant they wanted to be tested because, of course, you got to think about if you want to have children, they have a chance of getting this disease. So they went and they got tested. Both of my children tested positive. Um, Aaron, my youngest daughter, is juvenile. Her CAG count was very high. So she started developing symptoms that I noticed probably at the age of 17, just in school and um, little things, concentration and um, anxiety and things like that. So um, my middle daughter has been tested and diagnosed positive, but her CAG count was lower. So she does not have symptoms as of yet, but she definitely will develop the disease later in life. Cindy, how did your children react to their diagnosis? It was it was very hard. It was very emotional. Um, first thing Aaron said to me does you know does this mean I'm going to die like my dad? And I just told her no. You're not going to die today, and you're not going to die tomorrow. And I'm going to start advocating, and we're going to find a cure. And kind of went from there. And that's that's what I do every day. And um, there really isn't anything they can give you. They can give you stuff like with juvenile, it's a lot different than the adult form. With juvenile, you have seizures. Um, Aaron's had grand mal seizures. You have stiffness. You don't have, have so much of the chorea, but you have a stiffness and shaking like Parkinson's. You can't walk. Eventually, you can't walk. With the adult, you can walk, but you look like you're drunk. You're all over the place and swaying. So it's um, it's very different, very different symptoms, and you progress very, very quickly if you have it as a child, and um, you don't live as long. So maybe as a child, you have maybe 10 years, if you're lucky, and it's not quality of life. And with an adult, you have anywhere from 20 to 25 years. But again, it's not quality of life the last the last five years. So so of your two daughters, Erin is the most severe. How is your other daughter? She's fine. She doesn't have any symptoms as of yet. How old is um, she, Cindy? She's a year older than Erin. So Erin just turned 25 May, and my other daughter is 26. So Erin is the most severe, and she has showed symptoms, I think you said, around the age of 17. So eight years, eh? Eight mm-hmm. years ago. Are her symptoms getting worse as time goes by? Oh, yes. Yes. Like, she uh, she can't walk anymore. Um, she's able to stand with me and take a couple steps, but she's very stiff. She uh, Her speech isn't very good. Some days it's not bad, but we work with that and get her to say one word at a time and try to pronounce it or different ways of saying it. Um, She's still able to eat. A lot of times with juvenile Huntington's, you have to get a feeding tube because you choke because those muscles don't work. They don't allow you to pull the food back to swallow. So you um, asphyxiate. And um, Erin's still able to eat. She can eat on her own. Some days are worse where she has to be fed because she's shaking too much. But, um, you know, we just go from there. 
How is she doing psychologically? Her mind is perfect. Um, I'm very lucky that way because most times it's not. Like, it affects people differently. So there's the psychosis, the um, mental, the dementia is all part of the disease. Erin is not like that at all. She, um, But we do a lot of things to keep her mind intact. We play a lot of games with her. Do a lot of board games, um, dominoes, things that make her think. And, um, you know, I constantly ask questions or I'll have her remind me of when it's time for her to take her pills and, and stuff like that. With this disease, you also have OCD. So she watches the clock. So she knows what time to take her pills and she watches the clock and stuff like that. But it's... Everybody's different. I mean, some people's minds aren't like Aaron's. Mm-hmm. How's Aaron coping with it, though, with what's happening to her, being a young, uh, being a young woman and having to go through this and being where she is at in this actually, process? Actually, she does really well because um, since I I quit my job when Aaron started getting worse and uh, had to, she has to be taken care of full time. That's when I started advocating, and since then I've created my own uh, charity hub for Huntington's in Canada. We're global. We have uh, Canada, United States, UK, and we're going into Germany now. But um, I do a lot of fundraisers, and um, so she has a whole community of support because when I first started taking Erin out and she couldn't walk very good or, you know, she's in the wheelchair, of course you get people staring at you. And, and I just said, you know, they're not going to stare. They're going to come and they're going to find out what this disease is. And I'm going to teach them because the more people know, the better it is, the faster we can find a cure. And um, so the, the community has embraced Erin. She's very popular. She was the face across Canada Last year, um, when I was working with the Huntington Society of Canada and um, raised a lot of money for the society, and since then I've I've uh, moved on to my own hub and and uh, so because of that she's very loved, very popular, so she's very happy all the time, which isn't the case with a lot of people. They're kind of shunned and you know, not taken care of or the money's not there because the parents had to quit their jobs. And it's, you know, it's very, very hard. Families split up over it and it's just very tough. Now, are there any medications they use to treat uh, people with Huntington's, things to control their symptoms, etc.? There is some. Like, I mean, Aaron, of course, is on seizure medication, but uh, adult um, symptoms they don't have seizures mm-hmm. so you have more of the chorea movements and stuff like that so there is drugs for that that can help with it but there's no drug that can slow the disease down there's no drug there's no cure there's no stopping it it can only help with symptoms switching this over to cannabis i know when we were talking you were saying that you feel if it wasn't for cannabis that uh, Aaron would be bedridden by now. Can you uh, share with the listeners uh, when you first started cannabis and uh, you know what you saw happening? Please. Well, um, 
I read a lot about it and I decided I didn't have anything to lose. So um, Aaron was getting worse and uh, I knew it wasn't going to hurt her. And uh, so I just started off with the oil and um, she also vapes it. She can. I mean, when the symptoms get worse, you can't vape. So the oil is perfect because you just put it under their tongue. Um, I had to do a lot of research, and I'm still researching on that, what works, what doesn't. But uh, when I started her, I guess, uh, about six months ago, and um, she was really bad. She couldn't transfer. She couldn't hardly speak. She was choking all the time. Um, I was having to maybe look into getting her a feeding tube, and I thought, this is, you know, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to try this. So I started giving it to her, and about two weeks later, it was an amazing improvement. Um, she was able to stand up. She was able to take some steps with me. She was able to transfer. Um, what, you do know, you by, was, what do you mean by transfer? Like getting up from the couch and being able to turn with me or walk to the side to be able to sit in a in a walker so that I can take her to the bathroom to be able to get up in the bathroom and turn and to be able to sit down to go into the bedroom to be able to lift her leg and and get up into the bed she couldn't do any of that her speech improved um she stopped choking she was able to eat she was able to swallow um at nighttime, she was sleeping through the night. That's a big issue with a lot of people. They don't sleep. Um, the anxiety is too high. They sleep for very little. She sleeps through the whole night. Uh, she goes to bed early and probably around 7, and she doesn't get up until 9 or 10. Now, of course, she gets up to go, you know, to go to the bathroom, but... Other than that, she sleeps through the whole night with no issues. She has not had any seizures now since she started this. She still takes her seizure medication just because I'm afraid to take her off of it. But even with her medication, before I started her on the CBD oil, she was still having seizures. So since the CBD oil, she hasn't had any. You sent us um, a link to a video that was just amazing watching your daughter yes. and you trying to transfer her to the couch from her wheelchair. And um, my heart just went out to both of you watching the struggle. And then looking at her two weeks later, the difference in her is absolutely phenomenal. It was. It was amazing. And I still don't know if I'm giving her the right dosage or not, but I know whatever I am giving her is helping. So is your source of CBD, and let's be really clear with listeners that you're using a high CBD oil, correct? A high CBD content, and then there's two different kinds I use. I mean, Aaron has a medical prescription in Canada, so I go to a supplier that I can buy different strains. So when she vapes it through a vaporizer, Sometimes I will do a higher CBD content with a lower THC content, especially at bedtime. That helps her to sleep. And with the oil, um, again, I use a high CBD content with very little THC in it. But then there's one that I also get in the States that has absolutely no THC in it. So 
you know, I don't know. I, everything I read says that you need to have some THC, and it depends on the symptoms. Every symptom is different, so it depends what symptoms you're experiencing to know what kind you need or what strain you need. But basically, she's getting pretty a pretty low amount of THC so far. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Is the source of CBD from hemp or is it from cannabis? It's cannabis. Cannabis, okay. Cindy, I'm wondering, when we talk to people about uh, the use of cannabis, as you've mentioned with Huntington's, everyone is different. Have, yes. have you thought of maybe trying to wean Erin uh, off of her epilepsy drugs, just slowly bring her down? I've thought about it. Um I want to try to maybe hit a year point of no seizures mm-hmm. before I start to do that. Because, I mean, it, it's scary for me because the first seizure she had was a grand mal and she quit breathing. So I had to bring her back. So I kind of have to get over that in my head before I do that. Cindy, I'm wondering in your quiet moments when you're alone and uh, thoughts are running through your head, what goes through your mind when you think about what you went through with your husband and you're now going through with your daughters with respect to Huntington's? Well, it was a little bit different with my, like my, it was my ex-husband. It was different because I wasn't really with him when he started going through all of it, I mean, yes, we were still friends and he came over and I started seeing him get worse and worse. And, you know, we were trying to help him. And at that time, my kids hadn't been diagnosed. And then, you know, like I phoned the family and they got him into a long-term care facility, but mentally he was, um, he was mentally unstable at this point. So, it was just very different where with Aaron, I'm with her 24-7. So it's a hands-on, um, I, you know, I deal with it all the time. But when she goes to bed at night, um, I'm usually working. I work till 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm talking to people all over the world and trying to help them with different things that they can do and different things they can try and because they see Aaron on videos that I post and they, you know, they ask me, how do you do it? And so I'm basically helping people all the time. So it takes my mind away from just sitting alone and thinking, you know, it's I'm helping others. Cindy, since doing um, the YouTube videos, to the best of your knowledge, I mean, there's got to have been people who have tried CBD as a result of watching those um have these people experienced positive results at all or have you heard absolutely some say that not very many but some say that it didn't help i don't know what strain they were using or how much because like i said you have to do your own trial you have to start off slow and work your way up till you know what works for you and what isn't working and again it's very expensive. So if you, you know, there's no coverage and if you're not working, you just don't have the money. Money. So some people just can't afford it. Yeah. And I mean, it takes everything I have to even get it for Aaron, but what's what's the average cost in a month? Do you figure for you? 
probably cost me about four to five hundred dollars a month. Uh, yeah. Do you have any stories that are particularly poignant in terms of responding to the CBD? Um, from other people. Yeah. Yeah, like um, there's a girl, a friend of mine in the states, um, Tracy. She has a son, Byron. He rode horses, and he's approximately the same age as Aaron, in a wheelchair, unable to walk, all the same symptoms Aaron has, pretty close to symptoms as Aaron. She started her son on the CBD, and uh, she actually is a distributor in the States now for for it. And he started uh, doing the same thing, standing up, taking steps with her, and... Like I said, he used to ride horses, and she actually got him back on a horse. Um, I mean, uh-huh. yes, he was, you know, um, supported and everything, but he was actually able to get back up and ride that horse by himself. Wow. So that was incredible because he couldn't do that a year ago. He wasn't even close to doing that. What were the first things you noticed with Erin when she took the CBD, the first changes that you noticed, and how long did that take? Um, that she was able to eat without choking. Um, she was able to eat a whole meal without choking. She was able to swallow. She wasn't, because with Erin, if she couldn't swallow, she would hold the food in the back of her mouth, and then she would just tell me she was full yeah. instead of telling me she couldn't swallow until I could see that she wasn't swallowing. So I noticed that pretty quick, that she was able to swallow and eat. I noticed her speech was getting a little bit better. I was able to understand or it was it was a lot more clear when she was talking to me. And of course, the shaking uh, was much better. When she was sitting watching TV, she was still. She wasn't constantly moving and shaking and and all of those things. And then, you know, until it just... After a couple of weeks, you know, when she, I'm, I was standing doing the dishes and I look, look back to check on Aaron and she stood up to pull her pants up to readjust her pants. And I'm just, it just threw me back because I hadn't <laughs> seen her do that in like forever. Uh, and I'm just, oh my God. So, I mean, all those little things that are not a big deal to most people, but it's a huge deal for her to be able to do that. That must have been quite exciting for her as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she felt better. Like, you know, I would ask her, how do you feel? She'd say, I feel feel good, Mom. I don't feel shaky. So, yeah, you know, she was really happy. It's got to be a relief just to not be shaking all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, because when you're shaking, you can't do anything. You can't eat. You can't. Well, you've seen the video. So it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's quite uh, dramatic to see the change in her. Yeah, we'll have to post that link to the video with when we post your uh, interview. Facebook won't allow us to post links. Oh, right now, yeah, we're banned. Okay. Yeah, Facebook has banned <laughs> us from posting links for, until July 22nd. But at some point, we will post the link. <laughs> Absolutely. Or people can just go. How would they find you on YouTube, Cindy? Um, if they just put in Aaron Wade or if they put in uh, CBD Huntington's, her, most people know Erin. She's pretty popular. Um, so, yeah, if you just put in even CBD Huntington's or Erin Wade, the link will come up. There's the, there's a few of them in there. 
Cindy, how does your other daughter react to Aaron's condition, knowing that at some point in her life, the same thing will probably happen to her? Um, that's a good question, because uh, Rachel and Aaron are very, very close. Um, she lives about an hour away, but she tries to come every week to see her, and um, as well as her boyfriend. And they dote on Aaron. They are very much involved. Um, she's, she's on my board for my charity, um, for We Have a Face Canada. And um, basically she deals with it by, she doesn't want me to put her in the limelight like I do Aaron. She wants me to devote all of my attention on Aaron. Um, of course, I tell her to do certain things, you know, that I do with Aaron. There's a, a vitamin regimen that she's on and to follow all of these things because the more you can move, the, the healthier you eat, the more exercise you do, it, it can um, prolong your symptoms. Or not prolong, but um, they don't come on as quickly. quickly. Delay the symptoms from coming on. Delay, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, yeah, I'm sure it must be hard for her, but she doesn't really show that because she would never let Aaron see that in her face. It's just, it's hard, but you learn how to deal with that. Is your other daughter, Rachel, is she taking CBD? She vapes or, and she smokes it. But it's, uh, she realizes the importance and of CBD Absolutely. and what it's done to uh, Aaron. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, who know, I mean, who knows? It may uh, it may be uh, extremely beneficial for her down the road. Well, I wish I would have known about this when Aaron first started her symptoms because I would have had it had her on it right away, you know. And I mean, not only like I'm just I'll give you another example. I have another friend in Nova Scotia, Kevin. His wife is in her final stages. She's been in a hospital for quite some time. Um, the family was called in. They didn't think she'd make it through the night. She wasn't swallowing. She wasn't talking at all. She had open wounds. She was down to about 70 pounds. She was on oxygen, and they just didn't think she was going to make it through the night. So they called the family, and he's seen Aaron's videos and some of the videos going around about CBD, and he decided he was going to try it. He was going to try it for his wife. So he did. He went out and he got some, and he talked to the doctors about it. And they said, as long as you come in and you give it to her. And he started giving it to her in the morning and at night. And she's probably been on it now maybe four months, I think. She's got no open wounds. She's gained 30 pounds. She swallows. She's starting to speak a little bit. Her color has all come back in her face. It's It's been an amazing improvement from, from somebody that was going to die that night. That's amazing. One of the things that is very intriguing about this business, and uh, Cindy, you may be interested in this, because it was an interview we did with a fellow in Nova Scotia, also in the same town that Rick Simpson came from, and uh, Marcel Ginnack. And uh, he had epilepsy, uh, pardon me, multiple sclerosis, very serious, very, very serious. He was wheelchair bound, 
But to make a long story short, what he found in his research, which he is patenting in the U.S., is that if you take omega-3 oils, and in this case, hemp oil, hemp seed, yeah. hemp seed oil, and combine it with uh, CBD or THC or cannabis or whatever oil you're taking, it opens up all the CB1 and CB2 receptors in your body. If you take it with cannab- uh, with coconut oil, you only open up half yes. of those receptors. So he well, found... Aaron takes- Sorry, go ahead. Erin takes um, the fish oils three times a day. Oh, good for her. So she's been she's been on that for a while. She takes the uh, she has been taking them for over a year. So does so maybe that's why she had such great results? Yeah, that could be absolutely. Yeah, so I thought I'd just pass that on in case uh, you were unaware. No, it's very that. interesting because I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know that. Yeah, well, he was taking five grams of cannabis oil a day. It went down to two and a half grams, then a tenth of a gram. And as a result of this process that he is patenting, he takes one fiftieth of a gram and he's out of his wheelchair. He says he no longer has multiple sclerosis. And, wow. And he says he can actually, if he wanted to, he could run, but right. he's too lazy. But to he's do too it. lazy, yeah. <laughs> See, and that's where I've got to find out about the oil. If I have Aaron on the right oil, because like when I talked to you the other day, you were saying that the oil is thicker where Aaron's isn't. Yeah, like it's sounding it's, like she's on a tincture. So, you know, I, I need to do a little bit more work on that and find out if she's actually on the right stuff, if she should be on something thicker or, you know, it's just, it's hard. Like when you're, just trying to figure this stuff all out by yourself. Cindy, is there anything you would like to say in conclusion to people who may be listening and want to help you out? Um, I'm willing to listen to anything. (laughs) um, I don't have a choice. And I mean, more than anything, I want my daughter to be cured, of course. I mean, you know, it's... It's not very nice to be full of life and beautiful and have it all taken away from you at the age of 17. So, you know, like you you don't have a choice. You have nothing to lose. So if anybody can help me, absolutely, please reach out to me because I will try anything. And how do they reach out to you? Well, I'm on Facebook under CM Moore. Or you, my email is cindy at wehaveaface.org. Cindy at wehaveaface.org. Cindy, fascinating story, and we wish you all the best in the future. You and Aaron and Rachel, thank you. Thank you very much. Cindy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and uh, sharing your journey with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me. Now, do you have a story about the medical use of cannabis and would like to tell us about it? Then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.